Dodgy builder still operating. Let's have a look. Hello everyone, I'm Florian Heiser and welcome to another episode of Heiser Says. I'm working through my Stein of coffee today when I thought we'd have a look at this article from the ABC. Now this is about a builder who has been suspended in Queensland but is continuing to operate in Victoria. I mean if it's getting on the news that's a bit concerning. Now the reason why I wanted to talk about this is to really emphasize that one of the issues that people are proposing or one of the solutions to all of the issues in the New South Wales construction industry at the moment and the triangular fail and just just the repeated discovery of building issues from cladding, contaminated land, firewall issues, opal tower cracking, everything. There's calls for more and more government regulation, government licensing. Now we're seeing here where we have licensing in one jurisdiction not making a difference on the ability to act in another jurisdiction. Now I'm an architect and I'm registered in Queensland. We've done work in other states and to work in those other states I had to pay for that state's board, the licensing fees. I think Rachel had it on some other states. We kind of divided up the country depending on the work. Now that's duplication of fees, duplication of paperwork and it, it adds up for a business. That's why we only deploy it when we absolutely need to do it. But my point is that a lot of this in some ways is safety theater. It is kind of what comes in after the issues have occurred. My argument is with regards to a lot of these construction issues that we need to look at the procurement methodology. And this video here I asked, did design and construct fail Opal? That's to do with how these buildings are procured. And by procured, I mean how, how it goes from a, you know, a concept, an idea in the developer's head to a physical building there that people can buy portions. And that is the procurement process going through there. And there are different methodologies, different methods that people do to procure these buildings. Fundamentally design and construct is where the traditional policemen are now directly underneath the builder who's taking all responsibility, which sounds really good to the developer. And I can understand why some people like the idea of it, but it means if you're the, you know, the traditional policeman and you, you know, put your hand up and go, Mr. Builder, I'm not happy with that. They can just slap you down. You don't have the authority that you had in the past. So this is where I'm skeptical about the calls for more regulation, more licensing and more government, particularly when they come from professional bodies and organizations that tend to benefit when any government imposed regulation or license increases their membership. Maybe I'm just being a cynical bastard and I'm getting more gray hair, but let me know what you think in the comments below, particularly the other professionals. So let's have a look. Notorious builder, Frank Nadinik, continues to work in Victoria after being suspended in Queensland. Well, see, this is one way that, well, in Queensland, let's just jump here. I'll just show you what do we have. The QBCC, the Queensland Building and Construction Commission has only got 1.9 stars. It's not doing too well, but here you can do license searches for builders, designers, uh, certifiers, and other members. We've had instances where we've actually tried to make a complaint to the QBCC about a party that was undertaking illegal building work. Now, they didn't care. Unless we had pretty much written, signed evidence saying that they were doing it, they wouldn't bother investigating. So, I, you know, that's where I've become even more cynical 
from my own abilities to try and enforce this legislation. Because the thing is, you've got to understand the other thing this creates is an unfair competitive advantage. So if people obey the rules and, and you know pay for the licenses and do all the rubbish that they want you to do, and someone else doesn't, who do you think has the opportunity to make a greater profit or to have lower fees? I'll let you discuss that one below. So, tradies have been warned to steer clear of a Melbourne builder who has had two companies barred from operating in Queensland, but still remains active in Victoria. Fred Nadinik, who has personally been bankrupt multiple times and is accused of owing subcontractors hundreds of thousands of dollars, is currently the director of several companies, including the Construction Studio Proprietary Limited and Building Projects Australia Proprietary Limited. Both companies were suspended by the Queensland Building and Construction Commission last month as part of an investigation into a luxury apartment development in Port Douglas. So, knowing all of this, would you buy that luxury department development in Port Douglas? Would you, you know, want to get a unit on there? Or if you're a trader or a builder, would you take over a project like this? I remember we were working on one job down the Gold Coast, the shopping center, and the builder went bust in this whole development. And in the, uh, you know, in the office there for the building administrator, they had all these pipes that they'd found which had been full of concrete because people were sabotaging the building because they hadn't gotten paid. Following the QBCC's investigation, the license for Building Projects Australia was cancelled on November 5th for inadequate site supervision, while the construction studio had been illegally operating without a license. QBCC described Mr. Nadanik as notorious and dodgy and warned subbies and suppliers to exercise caution when dealing with him as an investigation claims makes well as it investigates claims of non-payment. He has been subject of a previous creditor's petition in Victoria and the QBCC is further investigating his involvement in construction of Queensland in construction in Queensland. QBCC Commissioner Brett Bassett said. Despite those warnings, Mr. Nadanik continues to hold a domestic and commercial building license with the Victorian Building Authority and his companies remain involved in a number of projects in his home state. The VBA has confirmed the sanctions against Mr. Daninik in Queensland are unlikely to have any bearing on his Victorian license. An association representing subcontractors said that was not good enough. Every job he is associated with in Australia should be shut down, Subbies United John Goddard said. You only have to Google his name to see that, that he's had multiple companies liquidated, he said. Well, see, that's the thing. Uh, it's not like it's hard to get access to this information anymore. So every sub, you should be doing a check. Okay, the accountants, the business coaches, even, you know, what, the HIA, who are training these subbies, should be telling them to do a simple check on these people that you work for or get paid up front, which ain't going to happen. But the problem is when you get hungry, when you got to keep the boys on the tools, when you got to keep the machine rolling, sometimes you'll just, you know, hope for the best. You'll... You know, oh, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. I, I need that job. I need it to come in. And that's the trap. That's the trap. You know, I, I've been in that situation myself where I've had to take on work that, you know, less glamorous projects, things I wouldn't want to work on, but I've had to keep it to keep the machine running. Keep the machine running. And when people pay you late, you know, 60 days, 90 days, 180 days, you know, it's, it's 
frustrating and it's something a lot of people have absolutely no comprehension of if you haven't been in the game if you haven't been running a small business you've got no some people would not actually appreciate it they couldn't understand and it's it's stressful it's probably why i've gone gray so quick and you know i i actually had blonde hair at one stage although, although I, I was probably balding in high school but that's beside the point so companies claims it was not paid in five months rob hart is an electrician based in Port Douglas in Queensland who is taking legal action against Mr. Nadanik and Chido Corporation, claiming he is owed $60,000 for unpaid work and materials supplied. I truly don't understand how the building industry at this point right now can still allow people like that, Mr. Hart said. Austin Sexton, who runs a scaffolding business, claimed Mr. Nadanik owed him more than 30 grand were completed on the Port Douglas site, a sum that was eventually paid by the developer. This can really destroy people's lives, he said. Can you afford not to be paid for five months? Yeah, yeah. I, I know what it's like. It's tough, guys. You know, share in the comments. Uh, your experiences with not getting paid on time. <laughs> uh, just to, to, you know, let some of the people who haven't been in this industry appreciate how, how frustrating it can be. Mr. Nadadik was signed up to work on the Port Douglas site by the developer Chiodo Corporation. The two parties have worked together on a number of projects in Victoria. He refused to comment due to the legal dispute with Chiodo, other than to say he is not responsible for any non-payment of suppliers and subcontractors at the Port Douglas development. Well, is he the builder or not? So maybe, maybe it's more complicated than we're being presented with. You know, if the developer is paying subbies directly, something's gone wrong. Or if the developer has hired the subbies directly to work in conjunction with the builder, that's a bloody mess as well. And some people will do that to try and save costs. But in, in those regards, I feel sorry for the builder because they've got all responsibility and not all control. You, you know, it's it can get really bloody messy. He said he's also planning an appeal against the QBCC's decision. Chiodo Corporation said it dealt with Mr. Nadinik through another of his companies, Merriam Proprietary Limited, and had no involvement with the construction studio, which is understood to be the entity Mr. Nadinik used to engage subcontractors. We as a company, Chiodo, do not approve of this contract and have taken action to ensure that this does not occur again on our projects, Director Paul Chiodo said. The Chiodo Corporation said it has terminated contracts with Mr. Nadinik's companies on several projects, but he remained involved in the construction of an apartment complex in Mooney Ponds. Well, so this sounds like a complete mess, and we're only getting portions of the story from all sides. In the end, it's, it's the subbies that can get left behind, particularly if there's a conflict between the builder and the developer. The subbies are doing the work. They're they're up fronting up the money and materials so they can get screwed over you know if these two are fighting and i've seen it on other jobs that uh, that have happened around the place that have got mates who are subbies that we're working on it's it's not nice guys and remember paid when paid is bs that's actually illegal they can't do that to you if they say paid when paid it's not legal guys it's not legal so no communication it's not the first time mr nadinik has faced scrutiny for his business methods in 2017, a group of subcontractors in Ballarat claimed Mr. Nadinik owed them hundreds of thousands of dollars for work on a service station. Chris McLean, 
who installed the fuel system claimed he is owed 137,000 and said it was ridiculous that Mr. Nadetti can operate on multiple states with his track record. There is no communication, no continuity between the states. He said, well, yeah, there isn't. There is not. It is. It just shows you. It just shows you having all this government regulation and perceived safety and management doesn't doesn't make any difference. Does it? Look, look at these people that are all copping hundreds of grand, apparently. It's not, you know. John Goddard from Subbies United said the lack of communication between regulatory bodies in different states makes it too easy for dodgy operators to escape scrutiny. There should be a national body looking after the building industry. It shouldn't be state by state because no one talks to each other, he said. ASIC is totally ineffectual and useless. Yes, I can agree to that. Oh, it's, it's, it's a joke. Last month of, you know, you're probably smarter. You're probably smarter joining the Facebook group for Subbies United or an organization like that. Putting a message on there going, oh, have you worked with this builder? And then you'll get the truth from all the other guys that have been burnt. Is that, I mean, that's the market. The market provides. Where the government fails, the market provides. <laughs> Last month, the Victorian government tabled new laws which would give the VBA stronger powers and allow greater scrutiny of company directors. However, it said it was ultimately the Commonwealth's responsibility to provide a national approach to dealing with these issues. Yeah, I don't think we need the Commonwealth. I think you just need some good Facebook groups, honestly. I think they're <laughs> on the, that's. I'll probably join Subby's United Facebook group. I think I may already have. So yeah, let me know what you think, guys. Let me know what you think. Are you involved in any groups where you share this type of information? Because a lot of these conversations about dodgy operators happen at the pub or happen at a networking event or over a few beers. But yeah, uh, it just shows you that more legislation isn't necessarily going to help people in the end. That's what I want the takeaway to be from this. Let me know what you think, guys. And uh, please, or well, another another thing to consider, and this is uh, something I heard recently, was, you know, say you're one of these people and you put pressure on him. You know, you got some mates that, you know, some scary looking mates, send him over, put pressure on him, he pays you. If he goes bust then, that doesn't mean you keep the money. You can you could be deemed as getting unfairly paid and then the, the insolvency managers or trustee will come after you get the money back and then redistribute it so it's it's this type of stuff can be a huge mess a huge mess and that's why you know what do you do to check people do you get an ASIC search do you pay the 12 bucks there do you do google searches facebook searches if you're going to work for them if you get a random person calling you yeah it's worth doing worth doing anyway guys let us know in the comments like share and subscribe if you enjoy the content and want to help me produce more i have a patreon where you can make a small donation. I also have Amazon and eBay affiliate links, where if you use those services, use my affiliate link and I will make a small commission that doesn't cost you a cent. It's a great way to support other content creators on YouTube that your, your fans are. Easy way to do it. Encourage them to get one if they don't, particularly Australians. And finally, I have merchandise on the Heiser website and also PayPal if you want to make a donation. Guys, we really appreciate it. Helps a lot. Have a great day. Bye for now.